sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars. As if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. you're doing well and so glad that you're joining me on this journey it's uh it's been a ride I don't know if I'm feeling my usual self when it comes to podcasting and truly I'm just doing this as you know a way to experiment I don't know if experiment is the right word, but um, just showing up and being here in my full expression. Um, It's really difficult to continue on a creative journey when you don't feel like it's being received and you have to remind yourself the reasons why you started that creative journey in the first place and it has to go beyond anybody else receiving it or complimenting you for it or um you know giving you all the accolades and all of that for it even though those are really nice things and that can kind of keep you going um, we have a tendency in this culture to really show the shiny bright parts the final victory the end the um, all the end moments where people have arrived and it's not often that you get to see the in-between moments the quiet moments the moments that are part of the journey, the moments where no one sees the late nights and the hard work um, and you don't get that recognition, the numbers are low or no one is, you know, contacting you and connecting with you to kind of encourage you and I find myself in one of those moments and I think that something in me was like, okay, let's just continue on this journey. And it's such a hard thing, I think, for anybody to admit, but I think for me um, to really being vulnerable in that sense and to acknowledging where the journey is never linear and I talk about this a lot when I talk about my romantic pursuits and um my whole love story and everything like that because it was never really a linear journey and 
we want to be our brightest and our um, most celebrated and have all the answers, but I think there can also be some beauty in the in-between, in the moments where it's just a real human um, experiencing life and transmitting it um, in the raw, real moment. And maybe one day it will resonate with somebody, but I'm here to share that I'm kind of in that raw, real moment. I'm in the the in-between, the kind of um, just dip in the journey. I guess some people would like to say that it's kind of the, um, oh, what's the term? It's not rock bottom. It's, um, I'll find the term. <laughs> but it's that moment that I think happens for every artistic journey creator um, person who's on a quest for whatever it is that they're on a quest for where it nothing seems to be moving forward and all of your senses tell you that oh well you should just stop because obviously this isn't working and you have to muster up the will and the desire to keep going to just see what happens to just see where life takes you and if this is in fact the right journey for you and and maybe nothing will amount to it in in the way that you think but something else might emerge but it's that curious exploration that we can continue that we can be present for that we can show up for and I think that a beautiful metaphor and connection especially for this earth month and this earth week and this earth day is how there is a dip even in our environmental landscape we've been taking so much from the earth and the earth is probably thinking okay what's gonna give you know when do I just give up on on these people who are taking and taking and taking and destroying and it feels like it's the long journey and the long battle and earth is just looking for the little moments of victory and earth is waiting for you know people to care and show up and and like recognize the earth and how crazy is it that there is that connection that the earth can feel moments of disparity and I believe that the earth is feeling that now and um, we know that climate change is happening we know all of the stats and I think the earth gets to hold on to those environmentalists and the people who are the activists and the ones leading the way and the land stewards and the creators and the sustainability experts and the everyday people who are holding on to this beautiful vision of a sustainable, beautiful planet and regeneration and a reconciliation for our planet and for the people. And right now, this the scales are, are very tipped, but I can imagine that the earth must feel moments of, you know... <sighs> that that dip in 
in wanting to move forward and maybe the earth responds in certain ways that we see that and for anybody that is you know listening to this podcast and connecting here in this space I thank you for being here and for continuing to join me on this journey wherever you are and for whatever reasons you are here and thank you for holding space for me to show up and to continue in this exploration and this journey um sometimes it does feel like so much effort and you know very little reward but it's a reminder of the overall mission and why I decided to start this podcast in the first place and what I'm learning along the way and the beautiful people I get to talk to and I think that's the most exciting thing for me is when I get to do interviews and speak to people and learn from them in so many different parts of the world and I don't take that lightly I see it as an immense privilege I think it's a beautiful opportunity to connect with somebody and share their story and and just really continue this cosmic exploration and conversation and I know that there, this market is very saturated with podcasts. There's so many to listen to. I listen to just a handful of podcasts and sometimes I'll, you know, find a new one. Um, and it's to continue moving forward in that and growing in that regardless of if anybody is there on the other side. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And if you are in your own moment of that, and maybe that's why you stumbled upon this space. I hope that you keep going, that you see what's on the other side of that. Um, you allow yourself to constantly be the beginner and go on the journey with whatever your creative muse wants you to do, regardless of if you see the results or not. It's just having the humility to keep that passion and that love and that excitement for whatever it is that you're embarking on going and I think that's a beautiful pursuit and something that is scary and not all people can do or will do in their lifetime I mean everyone has their own journeys but I hope that you keep going is my final <laughs> my final conclusion of this whole introduction um i'll try to keep things relatively short today um but we do have a beautiful earth day and i wanted to talk about three archetypes for this earth day and it's the land steward and these are all archetypes that i really connect to so it's the land steward, the cosmic creatrix, and the light worker. And I am all three of those, and one of those on any given day, and a combination of those. And I think it's a beautiful way to see different aspects of your life. But I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper into what each of those mean. But I want to start with um, this really beautiful poem that 
speaks to my introduction and this feeling of, you know, wanting to keep going no matter what. So this is a poem that I found on Mystic Mama. And I knew that it was just calling to me the the photo artwork of this poem is by um, someone named Ana Caballero. And since Ana is my name, I thought that was like a beautiful synchronicity that came forward. And I was like, okay, there's something about this poem. I need to share this poem. And I want to start today's episode um, with this poem to really tie in this whole theme that emerged from my kind of feelings, my my low kind of disconnect, my, um, yeah, my everything that I shared in the beginning. So here it is. Sometimes the world feels inhospitable. You feel all the ways that you and it don't fit. You see what's missing, how it could be how it could all be different. You feel as if you weren't meant for the world or the world wasn't meant for you. As if the world is the way it is and your discomfort with it a problem. So you get timid. You get quiet about what you see. But what if this? What if you are meant to feel the world inhospitable, unfriendly, off track, in just the particular ways that you do? The world has a U-shaped hole in it. It is missing what you see. It lacks what you know. And so you were called into being to see the gap, to feel the pain of it, and to fill it. Filling it is speaking what is missing. Filling it is stepping into the center of the crowd, into a clearing and stating, here, my friends, is the future. Filling it is being what is missing, becoming it. You don't have to do it all, but you do have to speak it. You have to tell your slice of truth. You do have to walk toward it with your choices, with your own being. Then allies and energies will come to you like fireflies swirling around a light. The roughness of the world, the off-trackness, the folly that you see. These are the most precious gifts you will receive in this lifetime. They are not here to distance you from the world, but to guide you into your contribution to it. The world was made with a U-shaped hole in it. In that way, you are important. In that way, You are here to make the world in that way you are called. This is by Tara Sophia Moore from Your Other Names, Poems by Tara Sophia Moore. Oh, that poem. 
Um, you can find it on Mystic Mama, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And this poem she po- they posted here in, um, I think, 2012. So it's been a while <laughs> since this one has been out there. But boy, is it relevant today. I mean, just that feeling of the inhospitable world and all of us having a place in it and needing to speak our truth and what we came here to share regardless of whether or not anyone hears it it's our it's our commitment to our soul journey and as long as you commit to that soul journey then everything will unfold in the way it's supposed to and i believe that i hold on to it it's it's what keeps me going <laughs> um in the moments in the lulls in the beautiful lulls which I'm in in the moment and it just gives you so much hope and promise and acknowledgement that you are so meant to be here in all of your expression whatever that is however that shows up and I think it's so often that we get to see these people placed on these pedestals and with these accolades and we always are achieving, like are looking to that success and that achievement and we don't often see the in-between and the lulls in the, in the feelings of the inhospitableness of it all. And this is our opportunity to continue to move forward And that's what the earth is calling us to do. Calling us to keep moving forward. Even though we don't feel the motivation that we might need to keep going. But we're all part of this cosmic dance. And it's definitely not over. And the earth needs us more than ever. More than ever. And whatever it is that you came here to do, whatever it is that is your gifts, and even if one person, even if no person is hearing it, is seeing it, is getting it, is receiving it, it is still important to create because you're creating with that vibration and that energy is being transmitted and the earth is feeling it. So... Regardless of who is listening and I welcome all of you and I just I'm sending you so much love and wherever you are in the world, I'm just so happy for you to be part of this journey and in this space and in this container. But even beyond that, it's speaking to our planet and speaking to the earth and adding that creation and that vibration into the world. And to continue moving that because that's how we are the light workers is the showing up in those little moments, in the lulls, in the quiet, in the places that you think no one is watching. It is showing up in those moments because the energy is still being added to the tapestry of our universe. So I want to go into the three archetypes that I'm really called to, especially in this Earth Month, the celebration of our planet. And 
a little bit about what they are. So we have um, the land steward. And it's really about, I mean, Earth Day started in 1970. Um, a way to really start to make huge changes for our planet and recognizing the destruction that has been brought to our environment and um, a call to action on climate change and committing to land stewardship is just committing to the lands that you are a part of wherever they are even if it's just a backyard it's how can I tend to the space that is around me and, you know, and also take inventory on, on your daily actions and recommit to the land and be in partnership with the land and, and all of the different actions that you do. So for example, ways to contribute to, to Earth Day and to being this land steward is to take inventory of your food consumption and what is going to waste? Because 8% of all human-made greenhouse gas emissions come from food waste. So even upcycling food, um, using food that was going to the landfill in new ways are beautiful ways to save that. To buy what you need, really plan your meals, and try to use it in unique ways as much as you can. Food waste is cost waste it's wasting resources it's wasting so much down the line and then it's contributing to the man-made greenhouse gases and it's a simple way that we can start to on an individual level really take inventory just notice notice where you could do a little better in um in not wasting or in finding creative solutions for that waste. And then it can move upwards, but it's starting on the individual as much as you can just to form that relationship with your food. And you have that sacred relationship, especially when you're growing your own food. So that's another way, a beautiful way, is having a garden and learning how to tend to the land. You have a bigger, beautiful connection and communion with the land. And it's really working within what you have and seeing how much energy and how much time and preparation and all of that goes into creating your own food and, and making your own food and giving you more of that autonomy to um, live more off of the land is just such a beautiful way to be part of that um yeah, part of that communion with, with the beautiful land. Another way is to support regenerative farming and try to find local farms that are using regenerative practices and really contribute to them and buy from them um, to continue and to help them in the regenerative agriculture space because it's such an important movement. It's really bringing so much back to to our planet and it's you know, voting with your dollar and really creating resources to help those farmers who are, um, you know, 
on a different path and and paving the way for using better practices for our agriculture. So regenerative agriculture seeks to boost soil health through practices such as livestock integration, cover crops, and no-till agriculture. It also captures more carbon from the atmosphere than industrial agriculture, which can help mitigate against climate change. Another beautiful way to be a land steward because um, within the fashion industry space, because fashion industry is like the second largest polluter in the world, um, and it's just rising and rising with the increase in fast fashion and you know compounded through influencers and all kinds of things but is to really commit to maybe a month of no new clothes or really supporting a select few designers that you're really excited about and if you are wanting to invest in clothes just this there's this like beautiful community and resurgence of vintage clothing that I'm so excited about that I'm going to be a part of and I think that's such a great way to contribute to just buying from what is already in existence. There's a huge um, movement to upcycling vintage clothing as well. I just found this um, brand called Stan and they basically reuse quilts and other like, you know, antique vintage materials into really cool like surf style clothing brand and it's just such a good example of taking things that we already have and making them into new pieces this upcycling process and making them into cool things that you want to wear and um, there's so many people that are doing that right now another one is madly vintage which i love because she does a lot of reworking of vintage upcycling vintage fabrics and also working with designers to introduce more of these vintage fabrics into their collections so it's just amazing that she's using her passions and her beautiful design skills to use things that are already in existence in new and fresh ways and that's an amazing way that we can just help within the fashion industry space um and the easiest one well not easy but a really big one is just to say no to plastics um yeah just taking inventory of what you're using on a daily basis what you can swap out um ways to you know create your grocery store kind of all of your bags and make sure you have all of your things to to really like eliminate the the use of single-use plastics because it's really so damaging and we don't need it anymore we just don't (laughs) um so those are all ways that you can contribute to not only Earth Day, but really becoming more of a land steward and connecting to that commitment to to the Earth. Because um, as I was saying in the beginning, it's the Earth is like calling to us. It's beckoning us back. It's wanting to have that beautiful relationship with us. And it's time for us to be leaders in that space and be examples for others around us so those are ways that i'm trying to incorporate 
the the concepts of land stewardship and you can even tap into your own lineage and kind of um, go into your history your ancestral history and see how they were land stewards and find that connection for me I have an eastern european slavic background um and i think of the the pagan slavic traditions so there's this really cool beautiful concept in this pagan slavic tradition called the world tree and it's a fairly typical cosmological concept among um this slavic languages is that a world tree is also oh sorry it's part of the slavic mythology so it is either an oak tree or some sort of pine tree and the mythological symbol of the world tree was a very strong one and survived throughout all of slavic folklore for many centuries um there were three levels of the universe were located on the tree its crown represented the sky, the realm of heavenly uh, deities and celestial bodies, while the trunk was the realm of mortals. They were sometimes combined together in opposition to the roots of the tree, which represented the underworld, the realm of the dead. Contrary to popular ideals, it seems that the world of the dead in Slavic mythology was actually quite a lovely place. It was considered a green and wet world of grassy plains and eternal spring. So that's such a beautiful depiction and, you know, Slavic mythology related to how we see our world in this form of a tree and connecting to the cosmic realms in this beautiful depiction through such an earthly representation and i thought that was so beautiful that they use those types of symbols and had that connection to our natural world in such um, a symbolic way So yeah, that is um, a little bit about land stewardship and there's so many other ways and there's so many other ways that we can be connected and um, do our part and start to work within the land and just find ways to, and I always talk about this, but I think it's just so important to have that kind of woven throughout your, your mission and your connection to being a spiritual person or um, being on a path as an artist I think they're all interconnected in so many ways so the second one is the cosmic creatrix so the first time I heard what a creatrix was I was doing a photo shoot with a friend of mine Sarah and she called me a creatrix and I didn't know what that was and then she told me about this book called witch and in it they go into detail about what a creatrix is so I got the book and it's such a beautiful amazing resource that I've loved so 
Um, A creatrix is a woman who is deeply connected to the feminine source of energy. This creative energy flows through everything she embarks on and is connected to the spiritual realm. She gives birth to ideas in the divine and nurtures the natural world. The creatrix is connecting to life creation and therefore has a beautiful rhythm with life through the moon phases through seasons through the cosmos through the abundance of nature's gifts and works to live within those sacred connections she is an embodiment of all that she divinely came here to do through that divine feminine channel so how are you creating your reality and moving through moments of self-sabotage, and creating a new self with new habits. Um, I have this funny example of being this creatrix and creating new habits is for a really long time I had this fear of cooking and I (laughs) this is so weird for me to share and and admit and it was I would cook from here here and there but there was this definite um kind of limiting belief that lived with inside of me that I was a really bad cook and that I shouldn't even attempt it because it was always going to fail and people would be disappointed and I could never live up to the people who were making amazing meals around me and even when I was you know living alone for so long I found ways always around cooking and just made simple meals or you know, things that maybe I would be into, but I knew that nobody else would care to eat. So didn't matter. And it would be very bare bones and simple. And I had this kind of like ideology built in me that I was never going to cook and that I was never going to be good at it. And there was just no point. Like I had other talents and that was it. You know, I didn't have to do this, but being someone who was so into nutrition and holistic living and wellness and um you know earth medicine and all of that stuff it just didn't make sense for me to not create my own food I mean that's such a tangible way of connecting to the things that you put into your body on a daily basis and it wasn't until really this year since we've been kind of in isolation and I was given this space with my boyfriend to really explore this other side of me because he doesn't really, um, he doesn't fully eat plant-based and I do. And it was a moment where I had to step up and start to explore this, but I, I was, did it in a safe place and I kind of experimented a little bit on my own and I took hours with recipes and I wasn't really telling anybody and I just was kind of doing this exploration on my own and and then I found over time that I started to change these beliefs within me and I started to become actually a really good cook and I could get excited about the new meals that I'm going to make because it was nourishing me I became the creatrix of my food experience and I could put the energy of whatever you know I was listening to or however I was making I could put beautiful energy into this food I could find nourishing food to make and new recipes and it was all plant-based and it was just such an exciting moment to realize that I moved through this limiting belief in this block and became this 
creatrix in the process within food and you know creating meals is such a creative process and I just always thought I didn't have it in me but what I didn't have was the the room to explore and the safe space and the container and when I created the sacred container as I do with all my ritual work and all of that I was able to explore and recognize that that was already innately in me it was always there so I just thought that's a really beautiful example that we can find ways to be that creatrix and show up in our lives and and really experiment with and hold our own and and change those limiting beliefs and change those things that we thought we could never do by just starting and slowly playing and slowly allowing ourselves the room to to really go into that world and I think of this as the you know this is the quantum world we can do so much in the quantum world um quantum quantum physics and all the things surrounding quantum has always been a huge fascination to me because I feel like it's this speedy way of like connecting to this other realm that um, is actually so much closer than we realize and you know using our mind in amazing ways and like the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza which I talk about all the time but I just love him and I love his work and I'm always finding new layers of using quantum to work through these old belief patterns, these generational traumas, all of these things that are like hidden within my soul and excavating them to bring me to a new person every single time. And this was a way I could really step into this creatrix food creator. Um, and it's beautiful because if I could do that, that means I can do it in my financial limiting beliefs, my leadership limiting beliefs, my, you know, creator within artistic expressions, limiting beliefs. And those are all things that I'm working towards and, um, just finding my way through. So yeah, it's really beautiful. We can, you can be the creatrix, the creator of your life and step into these spaces and know that you are fully worthy and it's like finding that worthiness to really be the person and to be that container that you came here to be and the last archetype um, that I really want to speak on is the light worker and the light worker is all about being that light and it's that mirror to others and you have to remember that because sometimes people might push up against that that beautiful light-filled mirror that you present and when we can have mental and spiritual rest we can become that beacon of light and that power this the first time I really read in depth about what a light worker is was in light is the new black which is a book by Rebecca Campbell and it was really about embracing your uniqueness and coming forward as a light worker like accepting your role as a light worker and showing up in all the ways as a light worker and it's really someone who holds the light and shines as an example for others 
I see light workers as gentle guides who just show up to their authentic light and they don't force and they don't try to push others. They allow the soul's journey to unfold and they hold that light so that they can become the lighthouse for other people. There's so many different ways that you can be a light worker and one of the most amazing ways is to really tap into your intuition and follow your soul's specific calling. And I say this a lot, but I think it's so important. And it's to hold that light frequency and to continue on the journey, even if it doesn't seem clear, but to show up every single day with your intuition, knowing what you feel is right for you and showing up with humility and grace and all of that light to add to the tapestry of our planet to bring more energetic frequency here. I mean, that's what light workers are here to do. I think anyone can be a light worker and it's really to just be an example for others and to show up strongly in that light and to not be afraid to show your light and to not be afraid to you know have that divine calling and be be gentle but firm in who you are and what you represent and what your soul mission is and as long as it's anchored in light and and really anchored in light and really understanding that that difference because I think you know we can get kind of confused within everything that's been occurring but anchor yourself into the truth of what you know and your own intuitive light and you can always find that when you connect to our our nature our beautiful planet and be that incredible light for others to follow so i hope you have a great earth day earth month i hope that earth day is every day for you and if you feel called to connect i would love to hear from you and i hope you enjoyed this episode i have a beautiful interview coming up that i know you're gonna love and it's so special and i'm just so excited to hold that space and be that container um yeah so thank you for being here and joining me on this cosmic journey once again and this one's for all the light workers <laughs> <laughs>